Welcome to Insights with Sights, the Symphony of Scripture, a weekly podcast exploring the themes and contours of the weekly scripture readings. For more information about the podcast or to download the companion notes, please visit slash podcast We now join our host, the Reverend Dr. Christopher Seitz. We begin this series with the lessons chosen for the first Sunday of the new year, January the 7th, which is traditionally associated with the start of the season of Epiphany. Epiphany means manifestation. So this is the season that shows the earthly Jesus in his ministry as teacher, healer, prophetic presence, in Mark's gospel, the Son of God in power and in works of mercy. What I hope will be helpful is first to go wide, to get an overview of the lessons. The scripture readings for Sunday are from Genesis 1, Psalm 29, Acts chapter 19, and the opening chapter of Mark's gospel. I want to explore why these are the readings and not others, or something of the logic of the lectionary presentation. The Gospel of Mark is the center around which the other three radiate. So why these three? As we get our bearings, we can then drill down and speak to the special notes that are sounded for this Sunday. My main goal is to cue up and stir up your own scriptural reflections and join up with your own weekly pastoral thoughts and concerns. So Mark's Gospel first. It's useful to think of the main Gospel reading as setting the other readings up. We will see exceptions to this over the course of the year, but some clear principles can still be appreciated. Genesis 1 and Psalm 29 and Acts 19 are read this Sunday because of their relationship to Jesus' baptism. Over the coming weeks in Epiphany, we're going to see the main outlines of Jesus' ministry prior to his turning to Jerusalem as the Gospel of Mark sets these out. So we begin at the start of Mark's narrative. In his 16-chapter-long narrative, the announcement of the decision to go to Jerusalem and there be crucified forms a kind of pivot around which the other main two halves of the book turn. As you know, Mark omits, or perhaps better, presupposes, the birth narratives of Matthew and Luke, And he gets right down to adult business at the opening verses of chapter 1. The baptism of Jesus is an inaugural moment in all the Gospels and significant in a way all four wish to emphasize. For Mark, this significance is enhanced by having the baptism as the very first thing he wishes to say, introduced by the passage from Isaiah, which cues up the figure of John the Baptist. Note that in his account, cleansing water 
and cleansing spirit are central themes. I want to return to this in a moment. In John's gospel, one could say that the reason Jesus is baptized is entirely to do with recognition of God wanting him to be recognized as his son by us. It's for this reason, John the Baptist says, that he came baptizing with water, so that of the scores who came to him in response to a cry for repentance, the one who needed no repentance could be identified by this singular voice from heaven. With the baptism of Jesus as the centerpiece for this Sunday, we could imagine a number of supporting passages that could be chosen from the Old Testament. One thinks of the prophet Nathan's promise of a Davidic line under the eternal protection of God, 2 Samuel 7. Or the exalted language to David from Psalm 2, You are my son, today I have begotten you. It is, of course, this language that appears verbatim in today's Markan account, identifying this Jesus, son of Joseph, as the son of his own loving, begetting, and choosing. Mark has combined the language from the prophet Isaiah with the language of Psalm 2, the language from the prophet Isaiah pertaining to Israel. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. So Isaiah chapter 42. And in years other than this one, we will indeed hear these Old Testament passages from Psalm 2, from Isaiah 42, as the ones that are chosen for the first Sunday of Epiphany. Against this backdrop, then, we note with interest the selection from the Old Testament that serves to illuminate the baptism of Jesus this year, that is, the opening verses of Genesis. Why Genesis 1? Well, in Genesis 1, we have, more powerfully than the waters of the Jordan, the primordial waters divided to fashion a good creation pleasing to God the waters of chaos and the formless void are made beautiful and good. The Spirit of God, we read, is present with God as creation takes form. But there's another important feature here. The beginning of Genesis 1, in the beginning, is not simply a temporal marker. The in the beginning means also through the agency of beginning. The word beginning is grasped most fully in the light of Christ incarnate, and the meaning was always deeply embedded in the creation account itself. Through the agency of beginning, arche, burashit, an agency eternally begotten in God's self, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, in Reshit, in Arche, was the Word. So John's prologue states it. In the beginning was the Word. The Jewish metaphysics of Philo saw in the same beginning the agency of God's Word as well. 
which he understood to be God's Torah, God's instruction. The book of Proverbs speaks of this beginning within God's self as a wisdom partner through whom the good creation is brought into being. The Lord created me the beginning of his ways. Ages ago I was set up. At the first, before the beginning of the earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. Proverbs 8. And of course, Colossians speaks of Christ as well as the R.K. of creation. By him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions. He himself is before all things. He is R.K. He is the beginning. Now Mark's gospel begins with his own special nuance on this theme. The R.K., the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is how he starts. That which was at the beginning with God is now the good news of Jesus Christ in the flesh. The R.K., the gospel of Jesus Christ. So at his baptism, Jesus cleaves the waters just as at the first creation. And what emerges is new life, new creation, the very good of God's own Son. The spirit that brooded over the waters in Genesis 1, in the company of God and the Word, here comes down in full majesty at the baptism to crown the arche of God now in the flesh. The beginning of the gospel of new creation is set in motion. Small point of clarification, the NRSV, you'll see, renders the opening verse of Genesis 1 through a subordinate clause. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, instead of a finite clause with which we're more familiar. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This translational difference can open onto a theological debate about whether creation is made out of nothing or out of a chaotic mass but this would take us a bit afield of our task for this Sunday. It's doubtful whether one can make the determination of this important matter turn on Genesis 1 alone, since this isn't the only place where the topic is discussed. So Hebrews 11:3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And Revelation 4.11 says something similar, as does 2 Maccabees chapter 7, verse 28. I think what must be emphasized is certainly that the creation of light, which pierced the darkness, did so ex nihilo for the very first time. This is then followed in creation by the division of the waters, so that a stable heaven and a stable pooling of the seas makes room for the earth to appear in its own stable form. Again, we hear echoes of this when the New Testament refers to the Logos at the beginning as being light and life. So again, John's prologue, the light shone in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it but gave way to it. It is this light 
and life that breaks forth again as the waters of the Jordan are divided. And Jesus Christ, the light of the world, emerges. This voice from heaven then insists that this is the beloved Son on whom the Spirit rests. Let's move now to Acts chapter 19. We'll see in the weeks to come that the New Testament reading, usually from the letters of Paul or the Acts of the Apostles, typically moves consecutively through the epistle and so has not been specially chosen to come alongside the Old Testament and gospel pairing. Instead, we hear portions of the letter as they appear sequentially. This Sunday, however, we see a different principle. Since a single text from the 19th chapter of Acts has been chosen in order to line up with the gospel account of the baptism of Jesus. The Christian disciples at Ephesus, Paul learns, had been baptized into John's baptism. Paul rightly tells them that the baptism into Jesus Christ was in fact not John's baptism, but a new kind of baptism that followed in the wake of Jesus' own baptism, and that it was John himself who pointed to him as bringing about a new order. The gift of the Holy Spirit is inaugurated for the Christian because of the Spirit's bodily presence upon the Christ as he emerges from the waters. What John promised, a baptism in the Holy Spirit, made possible by him whose sandals John would not dare even touch, Mark tells us Jesus experienced. As he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. It, it is then this inaugural gifting of the Spirit upon Jesus that in turn transmits the Holy Spirit to those of us baptized in his name. To be baptized in Jesus' name is to have released in real form the selfsame Holy Spirit. At Ephesus, not the heavens are torn, but rather the otherwise stable and predictable patterns of speech which give way to ecstatic tongues and prophecy. All this to confirm that this new baptism is indeed not the baptism of John, but the baptism into the death, resurrection, and exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, our psalm for today, Psalm 29. Note its perfect seven plus one, eight refrains. The voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. The psalm offers something like the bass notes supporting the main themes for today. The voice of the Lord is indeed a powerful voice, a voice from heaven, a voice above the waters, the waters of the Jordan, the waters of creation, a voice of splendor, and above all, a voice of authority and power, which shakes the creation, so the psalmist said, just as once it brought creation into being itself. At the psalm's end, note, it's not the voice of the Lord, but the Lord himself enthroned above the flood, seated as king, giving strength and giving blessing. No wonder John reckoned with a baptism of the Holy Spirit far greater than his own, for which his own was but a prelude and a pointer. The Lord Jesus and the voice of the Lord are one and the same Lord. 
through the power of the Spirit. To conclude, we can imagine several images or metaphors to capture the way the Bible reinforces itself across its various parts, which the collection of lessons for today seeks to underscore. That church father Irenaeus spoke of the pieces of a glorious mosaic, which, when rightly assembled, brings to our eyes the King Jesus in his splendor. If you're musical, you might think of a beautiful chord where all the various notes combine to produce harmony and a piercing and beautiful music. Or a symphony orchestra whose conductor is the Holy Spirit bringing what is old and what is new across all the scriptures into perfect coordination with brass and woodwinds and strings and even the little triangle attuned to God's purposes in his son. Each Sunday will offer its special notes. For this Sunday, we catch the majesty of the baptism of Jesus, refracted through Genesis 1, Psalm 29, Acts 19, and Mark 1. We hope you enjoyed Insights with Sights the symphony of scripture. For archived episodes and notes, please visit www.wickliffcollege.ca slash podcast. Thank you, and we hope you tune in again. This podcast is a ministry of Wycliffe College at the University of Toronto.